0: Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here are your hosts, Price Atkinson, Steve Carney, and Mike Lovell. All right, welcome into another edition of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service
1: Academy Football, episode number 12, as we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. And I'm Price Atkinson. Joined by my crew, Steve Carney and Mike Loveall, as usual, as we have come to you all season long. New episodes dropping every single Tuesday, Yards and Stripes, Army, Navy, and Air Force. That's what we do all year, and that's what we do every episode. And that's what we're going to do today, is we're going to get into three games, all three teams in action. And we're going to talk about what's coming up ahead this weekend All three teams back on the field once again. But before we do that, Steve, Mike, welcome in, guys. How is it going?
2: Bryce, it's going pretty well. Looking forward to getting up into your neck of the woods this weekend. I'll I'll be in South Carolina uh, for a football game this weekend. So looking forward to visiting the low country.
1: It's the Midlands, my man. The Midlands. Midlands. That's the Midlands. I'll help you a little bit there.
2: Good. Low I'll try not to get lost.
1: <laughs> I don't think you'll get lost. PD is, uh, well, the Grand Strand, or you can also call it the PD, Myrtle Beach, uh, Charleston, Hilton Head. That's the low country. Midlands is uh, Columbia. We don't, like to, we don't like to claim that part. In The upstate where I reside, up between uh, the upper portion between Atlanta and Charlotte, in uh, outside of Greenville. So there you go, man. Have fun. I, I hope just, you have a yeah. safe trip.
2: I thought it was just the low country and the and the highlands. I didn't realize there was a mid portion there. I,
1: I can help you a little bit after we uh, after we get done. What do you think, Stephen? Should I help him yeah. on a little geographical Palmetto State action?
3: Well, I mean, I I would think you would have to go to get from the low country to the high country. There has to be a middle ground. I'm uh, or else, you know, it's a very digital world. So obviously, <laughs> there's got to be. The, that Columbia area has got to be the mid the midpoint before you get into the mountainous regions of Western South Carolina.
1: We'll save the Palmetto State geography for a post-show, a post-show beer recap, however we want to do it. But before we get into things tonight, guys, I want to tell everybody about BetUS.com. You know you need a sports book with integrity, longevity that you can rely on, and that's BetUS. BetUS has been pioneering or pioneers in the sportsbook industry for more than 25 years, thriving, paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely. Guys, we want you to be part of BetUS.com. Go to them online, betus.com. Take advantage of an offer we have with our shows from College Gridiron, Coast to Coast Podcast Network. You'll receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Here's how it works. Put 100 in, get another 125. Put 200 in, that's going to get you 250 and so on. BetUS has the NFL, the NBA, the NHL it's got any sport you can think of or wager on. Go to betus regardless of the sport, we want you to be with us at betus.com. Check them out and remember our 125 125% match bonus for initial signups with our code coast22. Betus, you bet, you win, you get paid. And we are going to get it started guys. Without further ado, again as I mentioned, three games. Let's start with Notre Dame and Navy, the Fighting Irish. Win have now won four straight. They get a 35 32 win over the midshipmen in Baltimore. Uh, Notre Dame now seven and three on the season. Navy dropping to three and seven as the number 20 Irish have won five straight in the series. 10 of the last 11 over the midshipmen. It was really a tale of two halves, guys. Uh, Drew Pine, four touchdowns uh, through the air, one uh, on the ground before halftime, en route to a 35 13 lead. Uh, and eventually the win over outman Navy. But look, the mids came storming back in the second half. The Irish recovered an onside kick with just over a minute, uh, minute 20 to go to hold off the mids. But boy, that Navy defense held no, Notre Dame to just one first down, 12 total yards in the second half. I mean, really, I mean, simply, guys, a tale of two halves. I did not see that kind of defensive effort coming from Navy. Granted, they were way behind. Um I guess if you're gonna look at it from a Notre Dame perspective, a little bit concerning now with that second half and the inability to move it on Navy, but nonetheless, the Irish get the win. I thought it was going to go from bad to even worse, Steve, but somehow Navy flipped uh, something at halftime and they battled to make this thing a game. Like I said, an onside kick away from making it possibly really interesting.
3: Yeah. You really think it could be an interesting situation. If the mids do recover that onside kick. I I, I know that we can talk about it being a, a tale of two halves, but I think if you're outside of the Navy family or the service Mm -hmm. Academy family, most people will say that Notre Dame took its foot off the accelerator. You're up 35, 30, uh, 13 at halftime. And your quarterback is accounted for all five of your touchdowns 4 through the air and one on the ground, including Mm -hmm. a crazy one that (laughs) we will get to uh, a little later on with Braden Lindsay. Um, But I, I really do think that, uh, you know, for Notre Dame, I, if I'm if I'm Notre Dame's coaching staff, I am riding my players extremely hard this week because you have to say you can't have a second half like what they put up against Navy, against almost anybody in college football, and expect to win, even if they've gotten a huge lead like they did last weekend in Annapolis. That that is unacceptable for Notre Dame. If you're Navy. I know there's no such thing as a moral victory, but that was a fantastic finish. And to see what the guys did in that second half to get back into the game against Notre Dame. And and let's face it, Navy is, it, it's another down year for the mids and for them to come out and, and perform the way that they did against a, a ranked team, especially, um, you know, a team that you have a rivalry against yearly I, th- I thought it was a, a great way to finish and it, it's not going to get any easier over the next, you know, couple of games. But uh, I, I do think that you have to take some sort of solace over the fact that you gave the you gave the fighting Irish hell.
1: Yeah, I think he's right, Mike. I mean, you, you got to look for positives, especially when you're three and seven. You're obviously not bowl eligible. You got to look for positives anywhere, any way you can find them.
2: Sure. I think if you're a Navy fan, I think there's a lot to like about this game other than the 35 13 halftime score. Uh, you, you know, the the Mids are out of bowl contention. It's 35 13. You're playing a team that just beat Clemson. It looks like they're getting their stride mm-hmm. as a national power back. And they come out in the second half. And look, even if Notre Dame takes their foot off the gas, they have you know a total of 34 rushes the game. Even if they're just running the ball. To run the clock out, they're averaging. They averaged less than two yards per rush. Navy won the physicality battle in the second half. Navy came out and they won the mental battle in the second half as well. There's other good things. If you're Navy fan, there's other positives you take away from that game. Only one turnover, only four penalties. You put up 200 to 255 yards of, of rushing against a, a fairly decent rushing defense. So if you're Navy, there's a lot of. If you're Navy fan, there's a lot of good things to take away from the game. Uh, on on Saturday. Uh, Drew Pine, one of the better quarterbacks in the nation, had some big plays in the first half. Uh, Notre Dame did what they had to do. Uh, They used their passing game. uh, Much better athletes at the quarterback and receiver position. The Navy has defensive backs. But but again, if you're a Navy fan, a lot of good things to take away from that game. You're out of bowl contention, particularly with the Army game coming up second week of December, you look at Army, they're kind of struggling. So that's really your bowl game this year. It's going to be your bowl game for both Army and Navy. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Navy fan, a lot of good things. Looks like Navy's getting better, incrementally better, a little bit better every week as the season goes along. So, you know, there's a little bit of light at the end of this tunnel for the 2022 Navy team if if you watch that second half against, against Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then while you look at it, you know, Drew Pine only threw four incompletions, you know, 17 of 21. Hell, he had as to many touchdown passes as he, as he did incompletions. But one of the things that, you know, is looking at is the way Navy's defense was really attacking. And they were attacking in the first half, they just weren't getting to Drew Pine. And then they did. I thought they, you know, they just can, it, it just seemed like they were more aggressive and attacking. Um, you know, just, Scheme that they went with um, because really in the second half started to kind of wear them down a little bit. And, you know, they had they sacked Drew Pine five times in the second half. I mean, five times. And this is a team that, you know, defensively a unit, I should say, that has been much maligned. Right, guys? I and mean, we've talked about how their inability all year to get any pressure in the quarterback. And lo and behold, Brian uh, Newberry's defense, he found something in that second half, and whatever he found, he's got to stick with it because that was probably the best defensive effort I think we've seen all season from Navy was the second half against the Irish.
2: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Nine tackles for losses as well. Completely stymied, uh, completely won the line of scrimmage, completely stymied the Irish front five in the second half. Again, if you're a Navy fan, you really got to look at that and really be hopeful. Uh, maybe not so much against UCF because they have the dual threat quarterback that's going to that's mm-hmm. test the edges, but particularly when you're looking at going against Army in a couple weeks.
1: Navy uh the Irish block another punt for the you know fifth week in a row but uh Steve you mentioned that that spectacular catch by Brayden Lindsay it made it 14 to nothing he catches it in the back of the end zone with both arms wrapped around the Navy defensive back Imbeedi Williams basically pins it against his back and then kind of cuffs it with his right hand and brings it around hauls it in that's one of those things you don't see every day You think you've seen it all? Boy, not until you saw that catch. That was incredible. Maybe one the catch maybe the catch of the day.
3: Yeah, it is. You couldn't call it the catch of the weekend because that weekend was full of incredible catches. That's why, yeah. Going to Sunday, and especially in that in the fourth quarter of the game between Buffalo and Minnesota, but that started off a weekend of of incredible catches. And you've you've seen it a couple of times in the pro, I've seen a couple of times in the pros where mm-hmm. you've seen guys, whether it's David Tyree, pinning it to his helmet or Uh, Julian Edelman uh, holding it up off the ground from uh, from an Atlanta Falcons defender. And you've seen a couple of guys, you know, painted against a defender's back as they go to the ground. You know, that that was that was one of those types of catches that, you know, the the folks at NBC are loving life right now because they're Mm -hmm. going to be able to play that on all their highlights for Notre Dame for the next 30 years or however much longer NBC has the television contract for Notre Dame. You're going to see that play with with them being uh, with that play being made. Hey, catch the great fighting Irish and, you know, good, good on uh, Braden Lindsay. And if he doesn't make that play, you know, there's a distinct possibility that, you know the the Irish and and the midshipmen could still be playing now because they could be tied uh, if that if that play isn't made <laughs> and Notre Dame's got to kick a field goal in that in that instance.
1: Yeah, it was really really incredible. All right, Navy falls to number twenty. Notre Dame thirty five to 32 mids now three and seven overall moving out west the air force falcons they return home and they knock off new mexico 35 to three air force now seven and three overall three and three in the mountain west lowly new mexico two and eight Overall, 0-6 in the Mountain West. A little bit of a slow start for the Falcons. They were up, what, 14-0 at halftime, but they really cranked it up in the second half. Um, You know, what can you say about Brad Roberts yet again? 29 carries, 163 yards. He goes over 3,000 yards rushing for his career. He's now in fourth place all-time at the Air Force Academy uh, in his 1,251 yards this season. You know, ranks in the top 10 list for Air Force in a single season. And that now joins in with Bo Morgan and D Dallas as the only Falcon players with two top 10 seasons on the program single season rushing list. So, you know, just again, just a workhorse. Brad Roberts getting it done. Um, You know, basically sliced diced every which way you can imagine. 428 yards on the ground, and they held a 23 to 8 advantage on first down against, uh, against New Mexico en route to the win exactly what we thought just a big win a better team beating a team that's not nearly on par with the falcons
3: yeah i i really do think that uh when you look at uh the uh especially the the rushing totals uh, you mentioned it 428 yards on the ground the fact that they were over 50% uh, on third down efficiency. Uh, they were seven 15. They converted all four of the fourth downs that, that they faced. I thought was, uh, was also a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I always am, am of the opinion price that, you know, you have to not be so down, uh, in a loss and you have to try and look for the positives. I also am mm-hmm. on the other side that you still, when you have, a decisive victory like the Falcons had uh, against New Mexico, you still have to look for things to work on. And and for air force, again, you know, they, they lost the turnover battle. They, they did, they were minus one when it Mm -hmm. comes to uh, to turnover ratio. And that's something that I'm sure that is going to be harped on this week is ball security, even though there was only one fumble Uh, In the game and and the penalties, you think about it, they were penalized six times for 40 yards, Uh, New Mexico four penalties for 27 yards. These are the types of things that Troy Calhoun Calhoun is going to look at here this week and and make sure that, hey, yes, you had a fantastic all around day against New Mexico. You were supposed to have a fantastic Mm -hmm. all around day against the Lobos, but these are the things that we're going to work on going forward for this next upcoming matchup. You know, Mike, it's,
1: it's not the time uh, to start looking ahead and turning the page. And I don't want to do that. Um, But one of the things that has kept air force. So they've had such a good season, great. Not want to call it great, but such a really good season to this point, seven and three is you've got so many guys that have been around for a long time in key positions, especially offensively. You've got a bunch of guys that are going to be back on defense next year. You know, but offensively, I mean Daniels is a senior, Brad Roberts is a senior, David Cormier is a senior, a lot of guys that have played a lot of downs offensively for Air Force. And I think that's just the mainstays of these guys that have been around clearly a long time. They know their roles. They've grown into them and, and they're really good football players at the same time eventually they're going to have to, they're going to transition out. And so this is going to be kind of what Air Force's defense has gone through the last couple of years when they've, you know, they've lost a couple of the key guys that are now playing in the NFL, actually Uh, they're going to have to replace and you know, the defense is is really kind of having a a second come around where they've gotten better and better uh, yet again. Um, You know, especially in this game where, you know, they hold New Mexico to three points. They don't let the Lobos into the end zone. Um, so that time is going to come. It's not there yet. We've got a lot more football to play. Of course, the, the Ram Falcon Trophy is going to be on the line this coming weekend when they play Colorado State. But just those guys at the it, it, you know, it's just like a three headed monster, especially with Daniels, Roberts, and Cormier. Guys that can all make plays
2: all over the field yeah for sure and air force is is you know air force is at is at a disadvantage in the modern era of college football free agency the transfer portal opens the day after conference championship games so this year is december 6th you know air force can't really utilize the transfer portal none of the service academies really utilize the the transfer portal unless Mm -hmm. this guy's transferring out so you know troy calhoun's going to be kind of behind the mountain west contemporaries who who will look at the transfer portal and will try to leverage that to build rosters we see this across college football, the people getting rosters rebuilt in, in a year or two years instead of three, four, five years like they used to. Brian Kelly at LSU, of course Josh Heupel at Tennessee. Those guys have had quicker turnarounds, and because they've leveraged the transfer portal, Calhoun's not going to be able to do that, losing all those seniors. Speaking of those seniors, what do uh, Q Jenkins at Mississippi, B. John Robinson at Texas, and Deuce Vaughn at Kansas State all have in common, Price? I can't tell you. They all trail Brad Roberts in in the national rushing leader category. Brad Roberts at 124 yards per game, ninth nationally, probably – for my money, the most underrated uh, player maybe in all of college football. Him, Charbonnet, Corm, who's having a great season. Ibrahim out of Minnesota. Uh, those guys get a lot of attention, but right on their right on their heels is Brad Roberts, and he just does it workmanlike. So, yeah, he's one of those seniors that Calhoun's going to have to replace next year. It's going to be interesting to see if they can fill his shoes and Daniel's shoes as well.
1: It's funny you mentioned that, Michael, because I filled out my Football Writers Association uh, of America uh all-American ballot today. Um, did the defensive uh, unit in the offensive line last week and then today it was skill position coach of the year. I thought long and hard about putting Brad Roberts as one of my two running backs. I ultimately did not but he was if I had a third position to put one Brad Roberts was going to go in there and I if you want to know, I'll tell you the, the, who I picked, the two I picked, but Brad Roberts would have been third had I had another spot, you know, the one well, that you, gave you. us
2: yeah, I mean, that that's up to you. But, I mean, I think Blake Quorum is, is unanimous All-American. Behind him, I mean, you're going to have to make an argument for somebody other than Brad Roberts. I think probably Charbonnet probably has the best argument. Um, and, and then behind Charbonnet, I, you're going to have to make a compelling argument for somebody other than Brad Roberts in that number three spot.
1: Yeah. Well, I went with Mo Ibrahim from Minnesota yeah. because I've watched him carry – the gophers just like at times he's carried air force but minnesota has nobody else like they had with tanner morgan gone for the year yeah. if they don't have moe ibrahim they are like gone i mean they're yeah done. That, they're, that's
2: fair that's fair yeah absolutely so
1: i went with ibrahim as my second one and then quorum of course so i went with number one but uh, yes i did think long and hard about that vote all right let's turn the page one more game to tell you about and that's troy and army and i don't want to call this one a tale of two halves this one was a little bit different Uh, troy getting a 10 to 9 win over Army now the Trojans 8 and 2 overall Army dropping to 3 and 6 but you know Army's up 9-0 at halftime Troy roars back they take a 10-9 lead and hang on as uh, Army's place kicker Quinn Moretsky misses a 42-yard field goal His time expired And Troy uh, finishes off the comeback second straight week. The Army does not score a point in the second half, you know, but Maretsky, you know, while he missed the 42 yard field goal, it was that missed PAT in the first half that ultimately was the difference in the game. That one point, Otherwise, we're not talking about a you know a 42-yard field goal. You got to have to win it. It was an incredible effort by the Army defense yet again, especially playing without senior captain Markel Broughton and linebacker Leo Lowen. You know the two, the team's two top tacklers. Just another incredible effort. But the Trojans they get just enough uh, to get out of there with a win. And and I'll say it, they escaped Army on Saturday.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, we talked about this last week. You know, Troy you know, is a 7-2 team that's won almost all their games by less than seven points. So I, I really thought Army had a chance here, and they did. If you're an Army fan, it's just really disappointing. They put up 357 yards, 277 on the ground, did enough in the air with 78 yards, two big turnovers. Uh, The missed extra point, the missed field goal at the end, two really poor punts that gave Troy opportunities in the second half. It's just, again, same thing with UTSA in the second half, same thing with Air Force in the second half, same thing with Georgia State coming out of a bye, just a lot of missed opportunities. So Army falls to three and six. They're going to miss a bowl uh this year because two of their wins are fcs wins so they were officially eliminated from bowl contention unless uh unless there's not enough bowl teams and they go to apr which which could potentially happen uh, but but they will not get they will not get the requisite number of FBS plus one fcs win this year but really disappointing a lot of a lot of frustration and you know you hate to you hate to second guess Uh, from behind the mic or on Mm -hmm. the couch. Uh, But the play calling in the first half was a little bit better. They went to the outside, and the second half, they just kind of went back to the stuff uh, that that did not yield any results against uh, Air Force the week before, and it didn't yield anything against Troy in the second half this week. But again, two poor punts, a missed extra point, missed game winning field goal, two turnovers, two fumbles lost, one of which was inside the five on the first drive. Both just, were in just, the red zone, right? I believe yeah, both but, fumbles yeah, were both, in the red zone. Both yeah. were in the red zone. The first one, you know, it should it should have been oh and then and then uh Army had a touchdown reception uh that looked like at least it needed to be reviewed didn't get reviewed army went ahead and ran the play uh just a lot of a lot of a lot of things a lot of missed opportunities and if you're if you're a black knight fan you're just kind of really disappointed let another one slip away Um, yeah, it's just Jeff Munkin talked about disappointment after the Air Force game. And it it really, it was, it was there this week as well. A lot of disappointment.
1: Steve, it's a wonder, you know, that they weren't up by more, you know, at halftime because it was 232 to 40 in terms of total yards at halftime. I mean, I think it was 24 minutes to six in terms of time of possession. I mean, you had almost 50 offensive plays, uh, versus 15 for Troy and you're like, you look at those numbers and you're like this thing this thing is probably you know 21 nothing kind of game you know, but, you know, mentioned the mistakes. You know, two fumbles in the red zone. Five of Army's eight fumbles uh, have been lost in opponent territory this season. I mean, you just you just can't do that. That's just leaving them too many points out on the field. But, you know, Ty- here Tyler comes back in and kind of gets things right again, if you will, Steve, to, for, for Army in terms of, you know, quarterback play. He ran for 100 yards his fourth career, 100-yard rushing game. His Army goes for 275 on the ground. But just in the end, too many mistakes. Can't get it done one point
3: yeah and, and, it, and it started from the very first um the the very first drive i mean you go 14 plays 73 yards and you end up with nothing and right that right then and there if you're able to get even a field goal out of that you're going to end up with a with a victory uh over Troy. And and, and like you said, this is another game, uh, second one in a row cuz I could I think you could say the same thing uh, about last uh the last week's game against the Air Force. Army had it in its grasp and mm-hmm. let it get away. And that's that's disappointing for for the Black Knights. I mean, you can see how how disgusted Mike is uh about yeah. all of this, but uh yeah, you are you're absolutely right. This is a this is a game that Should have been much higher. Uh, you know, this that it should not have been nine nothing, it should have been 21 nothing. You're absolutely right.
1: Shout out to Troy, linebacker, six year senior. Carlton Marshall had an incredible 22 tackles in the football game. He has now set the FBS record for career stops with 545, uh, breaking Northwestern's Tim McGarrigle's record from 2005 to 2009. That's just unheard of. 20, I mean. 22 tackles in the game. I mean, he breaks the the career record. I mean, it takes six years to do it. You know, you get the COVID year. Obviously, there was a redshirt year in there. But, man, just incredible. Uh, Shout out to Car- Carlton Marshall, the, the six-year senior linebacker for the Troy Trojans. Again, Army comes up short 10-9 to the Trojans. Troy now 8-2, and two, Army dropping to 3-6 and six overall. we got to get about some game balls, so and we're going to do that here in just a second. When we come back here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football.
0: It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and Stripes continues. Here once again are Price, Steve, and Mike. Right, time to give out some game balls. But before we do that, I'm gonna let my man,
1: Mr. Loveall, tell everybody about our friends at Ticket Smarter.
2: Thank you, Price, College Football fans. We know that you're looking for the best seats to the best games at the most competitive prices. We want to make sure you take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. We know that buying college football tickets online requires trust ticket smarter has partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace and with ESPN events as their official ticket resale partner. And with the best selection of NCAA football tickets, Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football live and in person. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. And we've got an additional offer for those listeners listening to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Network. Take 5% off your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code gridiron22. That's gridiron22 for 5% off of your order of $100 or more. And that code isn't just for one-time use. You can use that code as many times as you want this season for the best selection of college football seats to the biggest games. Check out the selections and the pricing now with the Ticket Smarter app or at ticketsmarter.com. And remember our code gridiron22. Think smarter, use TicketSmarter.
1: Smarter. Thank you, Michael, because that was so well done. I'm going to let you lead us off with our first game ball, my man.
2: Well, I'm going to go over to Navy, and uh, we're going to give it to uh, Daba Fofana. We talked earlier about Navy just kind of winning the physicality, uh, both physical and mental battles in the second half. Fofana had 133 yards and punished the Navy defense, and yeah, punish the Navy defense and set the tone uh, for that uh, second, second half surge that Navy had. Uh, I, I, would go, I would go back and give uh, honorable mention. Uh, Xavier Arline had to go out of the game in the first half, and I would give honorable mention to Messiah Maynard. Quarterback stepped in, uh, did pretty well, had a touchdown pass. Uh, had a 10-yard run. Uh, so he would be honorable mention for me, but I got to go with Daba Fofana, 133 yards on 15 carries, average 9 yards a carry against mm. the Notre Dame defense. Uh, really again, really set the physical tone in the second half and I think I think Navy fans have a lot to look forward to for the last couple games of the season. All right, Stephen I
3: was going to uh, stick
2: with that game. I was going to go with Braden
3: Lindsay and and, and kind of uh, just joke about how uh, that the catch that he made to make it 14 nothing for Notre Dame was just uh, amazing. But I really want to harp on the second half of that mm-hmm. game. And I really want to shout out the Navy defense for bowing up and doing what they did to make sure that the Fighting Irish stayed off the scoreboard in that second half. And and I want to start with sophomore uh, linebacker Colin Ramos, who had uh, seven tackles in the game. Uh, Three of them were solos. He had... Uh, a sack and a half and a couple of tackles for loss. So uh, the midshipman defense was fantastic uh, in that second half, and it was led by the linebacking corps. So Colin Ramos is going to get my game ball for this week. All right. I'm not going to keep it with the Irish in
1: Navy. I'm going to go out to the Springs, and I'm going to give it to signal caller Hazik Daniels for the Air Force Academy with a big, big afternoon as he rushed nine times uh, in the football game uh, for 113 yards with two touchdowns, uh, three touchdowns, excuse me, and then was uh, uh, through another touchdown pass to David Cormier, a 33-yard strike. It he, he was two of four throw in the football. His only other completion, Mr. Do-It-All himself, Brad Roberts, who ironically, that was his first career uh, reception, for uh the falcon senior fullback. So Hazek Daniels is gonna get my game ball leading the way, that well-oiled machine that is the Air Force offense 35-3 over New Mexico. All right, when we come back, we've got our Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segment. We got a few news and notes to pass along. We got three games to preview. Uh, Before we do that, you know that we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast network where we have an array of podcasts for you all season long. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Just search College Gridiron Coast to Coast, search Yards and Stripes. You will find us right there. We come out with a new episode courtesy of our guy, Steve Carney, every single Tuesday. And if it's not Tuesday, you've got many other kinds of college football things to listen to. The Florida Football Insiders, get off my pylon. I mean, the list, guys, goes on and on. There's something for you on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts every single week. Just search College Gridiron Coast to Coast or Yards and Stripes, and you will find everything that you want in terms of college football all season long all right when we come back we have our travis manion foundation honor roll segment honoring a fallen hero that's coming up next here on yards and stripes
0: in 2007 marine first lieutenant travis manion was killed in iraq after saving his wounded teammates travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment if not me then who words that today fuel the spirit of travis manion foundation and through tmf these words can live in you too Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org.
1: Welcome back into Yards and Stripes. Time for our Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment, where we honor and remember a fallen hero, one that is given the ultimate sacrifice. As part of recent Veterans Day, you can give to the Travis Mannion Foundation and your donation will be matched up to $25,000 thanks to a special gift. You can go to travismanion.org to support the Travis Mannion Foundation. In this month, or excuse me, in this episode, we're going to honor and remember Captain Aaron David Cox, He's a United States Marine native of Little Rock, Arkansas, who gave the ultimate sacrifice on May the 5th, 2009, when his Super Cobra crashed during a nighttime training flight in San Diego, California. At the time of the accident, Captain Cox and pilot Captain Jessica Conkling of Patton Township, Pennsylvania, who also died, were training for an upcoming deployment. Captain Cox graduated from Little Rock Central High School in 2001. He ran cross-country and swam for the All State swim team, as well as the Little Rock Lasers swim team. During his youth he continually spent his summers at Aviation Challenge in Huntsville, Alabama and growing up he was also an enthusiastic participant in the youth group at St. James United Methodist Church. He went on to the United States Naval Academy where he graduated in 2005. He earned the Global War on Terror Terrorism Medal and the National Defense Service Medal for his service. He's described by people that knew him, said that he had an easy smile and open heart. He'll be remembered for the kindness, honesty, loyalty, and devotion he gave freely and consistently to his family, friends, and country, and for a wisdom beyond his years. Captain Cox was honored through the Travis Mannion Foundation Character Does Matter program presented during the United States Naval Academy Summer Seminar Program and their STEM program for rising 11th graders. He survived by his parents, Janine Brown and Randy Cox, along with his sister, Miriam Cox. We take this time to, to honor and remember heroes like Captain Aaron Cox, who gave the ultimate sacrifice, protecting our freedoms, because as we all know, freedom is not free. Travis Manion Foundation's 9-11 Heroes Run 5K Race Series unites communities across the country and around the world to honor the sacrifices of September 11th and the war since. Join your community this September and register to run, walk, or rock by visiting 911heroesrun.org.
0: The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy football. All right, welcome back into Yards and Stripes episode Twelve again.
1: Steve Carney, Mike Lovell, and Bryce Atkinson. We got a couple, uh, just a couple notes to pass along real quickly before we get to our three games that we have ready to go this weekend. Uh, before we do that, Air Force sophomore kicker Matthew DePore named one of 20 semifinalists for the Lou Groza Award presented by the Orange Bowl. DePore a perfect 30 for 30 on PATs this season and is 12 of 14 on field goals with a long of 54, one of three kickers from the Mountain West uh, named as a semifinalist for the Lou Groza Award. Also, Army announcing last week its 2020 football schedule. And it includes not one, not two, but three Power Five opponents. Yes, three. They'll be traveling to Syracuse and then a home game against Boston College. And then they will be at Death Valley in Baton Rouge against LSU. Six home games dot the uh, home slate for the Black Knights at Mikey, Delaware State, Boston College, as we just mentioned, Troy, UMass, Holy Cross, and Coastal, carolina what do you think michael that's the step up
2: yeah well yeah don't forget uh they'll be playing air force at uh, invesco mile high whatever they call it now but but yep. the Bron- home of the broncos in denver and army navy next year in 2023 is at foxborough gillette stadium so it's going to be a big year yep. uh if you if you like if you like traveling you like following army football it'll be a great year and you know i've, I've been to a, a game at and, uh at LSU uh, as an opposing fan. Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm not an LSU guy, a great, great environment. Uh, that might be one where you leave the kids home. Uh, <laughs> if you go to the air force and Navy games, you can, you can bring the kids, Syracuse. We played Syracuse in the carrier dome when I was in school, that was the year, uh, army only lost the one. My freshman year was the your army only lost the one regular season game that was at the carrier dome to the Donovan McNabb led Syracuse Orange. Mm. And he got in a little bit of trouble because he saluted mm. the uh, I think we sent maybe a company or a battalion up there and he uh saluted the Corps uh after a touchdown. I he, remember you know, that was, game, I was there yeah. too.
3: <laughs> it was uh, it was or I went to be, Syracuse and and, yeah. and had classes with Donovan McNabb. So I've I know I know Donovan really well. I I really like what what army did with their with their ske- making their schedule uh, over these last couple of years and when we talked to coach munkin at the beginning of the season i would definitely recommend everybody go back and check out that episode of yards and stripes when we talked about you know making these uh schedules and and making sure that you're able to go up against some of the 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 top competition and we when when we asked him about you know maybe leaving army to go someplace else for for a better competition he goes where am i going to get better competition than here at army we're going to lsu next year we're going to syracuse Mm -hmm. next year uh it it is amazing to see how they've how they've been able to forecast getting these uh these conferences and and these teams in these conferences i mean who would have thought when they made this year's schedule five or six years ago that the uh, the Sunbelt conference would be as strong as it is with Coast. Mm-hmm. I mean you think about it Army this year has played both leaders of both divisions in in the, in the Sunbelt with Coastal and now with Troy plus they played a, a Georgia State team that has turned out to be pretty darn good in that conference yeah. uh, as well and now it's, it's off to the ACC. You're going to get a Syracuse team that that's trying to be on the way up. Boston college is is probably in, and I don't know if it's quite the Rutgers or Maryland of uh, equivalent, uh, in the ACC, but let's face it, Boston college, not, uh, the, the, the program it was during the, uh, uh, the years when the Hasselbecks were there, that's when Mike and I were in college the first time, or at least when I was there the first time, uh, and when Mike was there for the only time. But, you know, it's not like the, Hasselbecks, uh, the Hasselbeck years at Boston College, but Boston College looking to try to turn things around. And, and of course, going to LSU, I mean, uh, how much more of an exciting adventure is that going to be for the Army guys? Yeah, uh, they're going to – they're probably – going to be outmatched 3 to 1 uh on the field but you know that that's a that's a place that you know they're one of the few teams that probably wouldn't be intimidated just because of the mindset of the players, yeah.
2: And, and let's just let's just add. I think you know. Let's just call it what it is. I think most of the, our listeners know that I'm, I'm also a Tennessee guy. But you know, Army kind of got screwed this year by Tennessee. They they canceled their mm-hmm. uh, game that would have been great for the Army team to get down to to Knoxville and, and one of you know one of the great grand cathedrals of college football. Um, it would have been another exciting environment, but you know, Tennessee just didn't want to play a triple option. Uh, team so that they canceled that contract so so you know army had a pretty good um uh, pretty good you know Mike buddy of the athletic director up there did great work during the covid year it was a little bit easier for our uh, navy and air Force because they had the conference tie-in so they could do that yep. uh, you know a lot of kudos to mike buddy with what he did during the covid year. Just piecing a schedule together and doing what he could really ensuring the army Navy game went off as well. It's a little bit, you know, army has that ability to go out and pick opponents because they're independent, but they kind of, you know, they've been doing that for a couple of years and and all kudos to Jeff, Mike and Mike buddy for doing that and kind of got hosed this year by, by my other team, Tennessee, but I'm kind of glad that got canceled because I don't want to see my two teams play, but yeah, yeah. Great, great news on the 2023 schedule. It's going to be exciting, especially if you like to travel and watch army football across the country.
1: All right, let's get to our three games that we've got ahead this weekend, and let's start not too far from my two co-hosts. Going to Orlando, Navy hitting the road and going to be at number 22, Central Florida, at 11 a.m. Yes, an 11 a.m. local Eastern Standard Time kickoff Saturday morning on ESPN2. The Deuce has got it for you with 3-7 Navy against 8-2 UCF. Last I've seen UCF is giving 16 and a half over under in this one 53. Question I've got is who's going to start at quarterback? Will it be Xavier Arline or will it be Masai Mayer? Who's it going to be on Saturday?
2: I don't know who it's going to be for Navy, but I can tell you who's going to start a quarterback for UCF, and that's John <laughs> Reese Plumlee. Yep. That guy's a tremendous athlete. And when you talk yep. about Navy's defense uh, bowing up and looking good in the second half against Notre Dame, they're going to get tested on, on uh, uh, Saturday against UCF. Uh, Because that guy is good. He's fast. He can play. You're talking about somebody that gets creative on their play calls. They're going into the bounce house with Gus Malzahn. With UCF, kind of a little bit of a slow start to their season. But they look like they're hitting their stride. They will have something to play for the golden knights will I'm sorry, just the Knights. I think they I think they dropped the golden a couple years ago. So just the Knights. They have something to play for. They're the highest ranked G five team now. Nope. So getting back getting back to where they were a few years ago when they won that national national title uh, with uh, the frost <laughs> <laughs> they did not they did not win the national title.
1: As yes much they as- did. No, I've they got, the shirts, just, I've got a shirt that says they did. Steven. I'm just
2: telling you what it says on the press box there at the bounce house. I think it says 2019 national champions or 2018 2017 national champions. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so J- John Reese Plumley will be the quarterback in UCF, and that will be the story because that guy can run. He is really fast, and he's, he's a very good passer as well, uh, over 2,000 yards on the season so far, 2 to 1 touchdown interception ratio. So, yeah, so I, I think the bigger question is can Navy's defense – slow down UCF's offense
1: and that's that's one of the questions of the day is uh you know the number five rushing offense in the country UCF at 249 and a half yards per game Well Navy's rushing defense number six in the country giving up just 85 almost 86 yards a game strength versus strength in this one Stephen
3: yeah it really is and and especially you look at what UCF had did it in in its last couple of uh, matchups. They go on the road, they beat Memphis in Memphis, then they go to New Orleans and they beat uh Tulane who what was thinking that this was going to be their year in the American uh conference uh it turns out that uh, that's probably not going to be the case sorry Green Wave fans but yeah I, I really do think that this is going to be uh Navy's I I think this is going to be Navy's biggest test of of this entire stretch uh, going up against John Reese Plumley and, and the Knights, I, I really do think that um, if they are able to do anything uh, against them, this is going to be a much closer game than than people will let on. I don't think that Navy has a chance of upsetting UCF. As, mu- as happy as that would make me, but maybe this will be the the trip up that UCF needs for their game on Black Friday against my alma mater USF. Uh, The final war on I-4. So hopefully that Navy can soften them up for my beloved bulls.
1: Yeah, UCF controls its own destiny to make the uh, AAC championship game after beating Tulane last weekend, and then they beat Navy and then USF the following week. They'll clinch a spot in the AAC championship game. Also, I don't think there'll be any uh, shock when we see them as the highest G5 team on Tuesday night in the uh, the latest playoff ranking. So, again, 11 a.m. kickoff on the deuce, Saturday morning, Navy traveling to uh, Central Florida, the number 22 Knights. Does Nate cover 16 and a half? What do you guys think real quick? Do they cover that? I'm thinking it's going to be I think it's going to 17, 20. I, I think maybe, of course, loses. I don't think they're going to cover. I think they come up short. I just think UCF is way too much.
2: Yeah, I'm concerned about UCF's defense. So I think UCF scores plenty of points. Uh, yeah, I think it goes back to your original question. You get Ty Lavatai in there. Uh, I'm sorry. Do we, get, uh, in there? Yeah. <laughs> do we get Xavier Arline in there? Yeah. Uh, do we get Xavier Arline in there, or or does or does Navy have to go with their uh, the guy that was their third string quarterback to start the season? It's got uh, two two full quarters under his belt. Uh, sixteen and a half for UCF defense. Uh, they've won good games, but they've allowed their opponents to score quite a bit of points, particularly the last four games. I, I would stay away from that sixteen and a half if it were me. Uh, I would hammer the over though 53. I mean you're looking at you're looking at a 28-25 score there. I really think both teams are going to be over 28. Uh so if, if you're playing the game, I would look at the over under m- much more than I would look at the the spread at this point.
3: Yeah, you look at it they 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 uh UCF uh their margin of victory uh, has been no higher than 7 over the last month. Uh you got to go all the way back to October the 22nd when they beat as es- uh, or I'm sorry, uh, you got to go all the way back to the 13th of uh, uh, of October when they beat Temple uh, 70 to 13 to to find the last time that UCF won a game by more than a touchdown. So it's it's been a while,
1: Steven, I'm just disappointed that you're not going to acknowledge that
3: night's national championship.
1: I was Absolutely at Disney not. World. You-
3: I was. You and you and I've had this conversation with UCF fans, uh, including my friend Ryan Bass, who used to be uh, the the news anchor on the CBS affiliate here in Tampa and is a UCF uh, alum and he used to and he just used to bash it over my head, Uh, but you go and they go, oh, well, it's in the NCAA record book. It's not in the NCAA record book. That's what, that's what, uh, that's what, that the problem is UCF obviously stands for you can't effing read because it doesn't (laughs) say national champion. It says national poll leaders, but and you go down there and it says right under, in fact, it's right underneath that UCF collie. It says, Starting in 2015, the winner of the college football playoff poll is is to be determined as the national champion. It's in the NCAA rule book and they can't
2: read. But just Steve. a note on that is that the NCAA, the NCAA book, as they say, for national champions has no credibility. They went back and retroactively added the 1945 national awarded the 1945 national championship to Oklahoma State when Army had one of the best teams in the history of college football. That book that Steve's talking about has zero credibility for anybody. Who well, knows it's just like UCF's football. national championship, zero credibility.
1: Hey, I was at Disney World for the championship parade that day. I saw it. I my, saw the bus. My friend I mean, Frank I, Lover I has a.
3: My friend Frank Lover engineers the UCF uh, uh, football <laughs> broadcast. He has a national championship ring. I asked him. It, I asked him if it turns his finger green.
1: I think it was just tremendous what uh, what Danny White did with that whole thing. I you cannot convince me. I agree. I, I'm you know playing double. I'm just having some fun. I agree. They weren't <laughs> the national. but I do think it was tremendous marketing, and I think what they did was just genius.
2: <laughs> That's why I brought it up because Danny White was the force behind it. Now, yep now now he's running another program uh, a couple states to the north.
1: All right, let's move along. The Army Black Knights getting back to Mikey finally. It seems like it's been forever hosting. I don't want to say it's going to be one of the maybe the coaching jobs in all of college football this year, but right now it's been pretty damn impressive. The Yukon Huskies coming in at six and five overall, taking on three and six Army they have won and i say they the huskies have won three straight and five out of their last six after a 1 and 4 start jim mora junior coming in and doing a fantastic job uh getting this debacle i mean deb- i mean the situation he inherited there was bottom of the barrel and he has turned this thing around in a hurry a 12 noon kickoff saturday on the cbs sports network army is giving 10 points in this game over under 43 and a half i'd be all over the spread uh 10 points at least the last i saw it i gotta think that's gonna come down at least under a touchdown but right now at 10 uconn could win this thing outright
2: yeah this is this is one of the more this is one of the weirdest lines I think I've ever seen I mean if you if you crunch the numbers if the over under is 43 and it's a 10 point difference I mean you' you're saying the score is essentially going to be 26 16 27 17 Yeah. I just you know three of the losses that UConn has are to Michigan Syracuse and NC State NC State so three uh three really good teams. Yeah, Syracuse, Michigan, NC State. So three really good teams. You're you're right. When you when you think about Coach of the Year candidates across the nation, you got Brian Kelly, you got Josh Heupel, uh, and and then you know Jim Moore Jr. has got to be right there in that conversation. For people who don't really follow all of college football really closely, you cannot understand how bad this UConn program was. I mean, it was just it was bad, like really bad in a year. We talked about the transfer portal earlier. Moore went out and brought in a lot of guys. One of those guys is Zion Turner. He's a quarterback for for UConn. Uh, you know, not flashy, uh, but but steady as they go. And, and they've they've been able to pull out. Some, they beat a really good Liberty team last week. Uh, handled UMass. Uh, they beat Boston College, a power a power five team three weeks ago so I, how vegas uh, vegas is really good at what they do that's one of the you know they the saying is the lights never go out in vegas because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. they always pay their they always pay their bill they always find some way to manage to pay their bills i have no idea how they got minus 10 for army and espn's fpi which is absolutely the most useless statistic in all of sports has army with the 83 percent chance of winning i, mm. I just I mean, I hope they're right. I just, I just don't know where it's coming from because Army is just kind of disappointed game after game after game.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you, t- and- I'll tell you where it's coming from. It's coming from the fact that UConn is one in four away from stores. Uh, they, they have not been very good uh, <clears throat> on the road. Their only win is a 33-12 victory down in uh, Coral Gables against FIU. So, uh, I, I really do think that that's that's probably why they have uh installed army as the as as large of a favorite as uh, as they have them and but that is not to take anything away from jim moore i think you're absolutely right if, if you look at the coaching jobs of the season and and who has turned around and gone oh yeah and made you go oh my god where the hell have they been it's got to be jim or <laughs> i i really do think that um that, that you've got to credit the Huskies. Cause that, that's a, that's a program that most people would have lumped in with, uh, I, I hate to say it with USF, like, like they're dead. That's a, that's a, that's a, di- that was a dying program after Randy Edsel left the first time. And, and yeah. I, I really do think that um, that more has, has gotten the Huskies to a point where you you're, you're almost afraid to play them now.
1: Well, I mean, it was so bad. I mean, like you said, I mean, he left them when he had gotten them, you know, back on track and they were were playing pretty good. He leaves and it got so bad again, they hired him back. Now, granted, he had some success there, but they know that he is one of the classiest, most biggest jerkwads in all of college football. Mm Mm-hmm. Is, is Randy Edsel. I mean, literally is the prick of the year, if not every year in college football and being one of the, the biggest jerks to deal with. They hired him back. Last four seasons, I believe, what, 4-42 and 42, real yeah. quick? They didn't play even the COVID season. They just said, the hell with that. We're not even bothering and doing this. So they didn't even play. Last yes. year they won one in eleven. I think they won two years uh, games the year before. I mean, this is literally coach. This is, in my opinion, this is what coach of the year stuff is all about. Is what Jim Moore Jr. is doing at UConn.
3: Yeah, Randy Price Edsel still- gets, gets the
2: <laughs> Greg Schiano Turd to punch bowl award. <laughs> Price, tell us, tell us how you really feel about Randy Edsel.
1: Yeah, he's a frick, Yeah.
2: Well, for the for the listeners out there, Price is not the only guy in uh, the college football world that that has that opinion.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm most certainly not the only one. <laughs> again, UConn six and five at Army three and six. Twelve noon kickoff on the CBS Sports Network Saturday. And the last one, the Ram Falcon Trophy is on the line once again. Colorado State heading to the Springs Interstate Battle two and eight. Colorado State taking on seven and three Air Force Colorado State's two and four in the mountain West Air Force is three and three at 9 p.m Eastern Standard Time 7 pm mountain Standard on Fox Sports 2 Air Force is a 22point favorite over under is 44 in a series the Air Force leads overall 37 to 21 in one. And the Falcons have won five straight, including 13 of the last 15 in the series. That Ram Falcon Trophy will be on the line once again Saturday. What do you think, Michael?
2: Yeah, Colorado State has uh, a four-point win over Hawaii at home, and then they eked out a three-point win against Nevada at Nevada uh, I, well, I, what I think is Air Force is going to be the Colorado State champions this year after beating Colorado <laughs> and Colorado State in the same season. Yeah. Uh, to 22, I mean, if you're asking me to talk about the 22, I, you know, if, if, at gunpoint, I'd, I'd roll with the over. I mean, I'd roll with the Air Force covering there. I just yeah. I, don't, I don't think Colorado State has a lot to play for. Um, you know, the quarterback has as many touchdowns as he has interceptions, so you got to think Air Force's defense is going to be primed to stop that run attack. What little run attack the Colorado has. They're averaging less than 100 yards per game against Mountain West competition. Uh, they're allowing well over 150 yards rushing. So you got to think Brad Roberts, John Lee Eldridge, and Hazik Daniels are just going to have uh, quite the day uh, there at Air Force. Um, so, I mean, I, I really think Air Force wins this one going away, to be honest with you, Price. Steve?
3: Yeah, I I would almost think that if I'm uh, Troy Calhoun, I'm challenging the Broncos. The Denver Broncos to, <laughs> for, the, for the true Colorado football championship. Uh I, you know, I this is not going to be uh pretty. <laughs> I think if you're a, if you're a Colorado if you're a Colorado State alum, if you are a fan of bad football, um you you're going to want to turn away because I I just see uh Brad Roberts, you know, I see him running for 250 plus yards yeah. if, I, if i'm if i if i'm doing a, a crazy prediction it's that uh that roberts could uh, could end up setting the uh the single game record uh, fbs record for rushing uh in this game because i just have a feeling that colorado state is going to
2: lay down Yep. yeah And, Price, you talked about all the seniors earlier. This this is senior day Mm -hmm. uh, at the Air Force Academy. Of course, the week after, they'll be at San Diego State. So this is the last game – in the Springs for uh, Daniels and uh, Roberts and the rest of those seniors. So you got to think they're going to be super motivated. You got to think Calhoun's going to give them a chance to go out with some big numbers and a a big win. So I would not, I would not suspect they get pulled halfway through the third quarter. How about the fact that the money line in this, in this game is,
3: you know, it's minus 22. So, you know, that if you're, if you're trying to bet the money line on air force, it's going to be something ridiculous. It's (laughs) minus 2,400. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's, that, that is a ridiculous number.
1: Yeah, Colorado State has not really been relevant since Jim McElwain left to take the Florida job, I don't think. They had a, a couple uh, what, bowl-eligible teams with Mike Bobo before he was out the door, but they have not really had any kind of relevance uh, since Jim McElwain walked out the door. Uh, Air Force has won eight straight at home in the series going back to 2002, and last year they defeated the Rams 35-21 to in Fort Collins. And I believe that was the game last year where Hazek Daniels threw a 93 yard touchdown pass, a school record uh in that game. So I'm with you guys. I think it will be a uh I think it'll be a uh, a curb stomping uh, on behalf of the Falcons delivering it and winning that Ram Falcon trophy on Saturday again a noon ki- or a nine p.m kickoff Eastern Standard Time on Fox Sports Two between Colorado State and Air Force, guys. What else we got before we get out the door? You know, as always, appreciate you guys. Didn't get to say thank you to Steve last week on on Veterans Day, but I'll say you know, as I thanked you guys both. But I want to thank you all. Not in that vein this week, but just thanks for taking the time every single week to, to record this and and talk some college football, especially Army, Navy, and Air Force, uh, with me and our listeners. It's just fantastic having you guys on board this year.
3: No, it's all. Well, don't I, don't I, all
1: we speak at once.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I leave it, them speechless. I was going to say, I'm at a loss for
2: words. Yeah, n- nothing I'd rather be doing right now than talking football,
1: except maybe some Tennessee football, right, Michael?
2: Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I enjoy talking service Academy football too. Yeah, yeah, this is
1: good stuff. I mean, these I teams... I'll talk.
2: I'll talk Tennessee football tomorrow night when the CFP rankings come out.
1: With a dwindling media core, and I and I do mean dwindling when it, especially the coverage, you know that these three teams get. It's obviously not at the level, you know, at the SEC and the ACC and Power Five teams, and you know you see a much smaller press box. But the job that the the SID's do and that the schools do, um, it's just as good as, as any you're going to find. And so, love talking about the academies, especially the student athletes who obviously going to give up so much uh, as they get ready for that next chapter of their lives Mike and, and you certainly know that all too well as a West Point grad yourself so
2: yeah I'll, t- I'll tell you on that note you know Eric suspinsky S- S- you know I'll probably butcher his name does a fantastic job there at Army uh, making all the you know, all the availability remote that he can so great job there but you know it's it's great covering and talking service academy football and we talk about this a lot but it's worth reiterating that there's just something special about those three schools and, and mm-hmm. for me something special about army just because it's 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 wholly and materially different than the rest of the college football landscape and that that's why i enjoy it so much and it's it's worth keeping that service academy identity and that 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 little taste of kind of that little taste of what they bring to the college football landscape and uh you know i I think it's i think it's worth talking about that and keeping it going in college football uh, to do what we do 100%
1: agree. All right, we're going to get out the door on that note. Don't forget, as I mentioned before, we're part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. We've got an array of podcasts for you all season long as we come down the stretch, including Yards and Stripes. Just go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you listen to your podcast. Search College Gridiron Coast to coast, search Yards and Stripes, just hit that subscribe button. And if while you're there, if you're nice, give us a review. Uh, if we'll take five stars. We'll take four. We'll take three. We'll take whatever you want to give us. It helps uh, more college football fans find us as we talk Army, Navy, and Air Force every single week. So with that, episode 12 in the books, we will be back again next Tuesday as we are every single week during the college football season with another episode of Yards and Stripes. I'm Bryce Atkinson for Steve Carney and Mike Lovell. We will talk to you all next week.
0: Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. To get more on all things Service Academy Football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And make sure that you're subscribing to the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google and wherever you get your podcasts.